This is an Odyssey original. This is War in Ukraine Daily. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. A group based right here in Southern California has gone on a rescue mission in Ukraine to help people with disabilities leave the country as Russia presses on with its invasion. We'll find out about how the group is helping people start a new life. We'll head back to Ukraine for an update on a man who's from a city in the eastern part of the country that has been under almost constant heavy Russian attack for the last five weeks. His dad and friend were nearly killed in a bombing before they were able to get out. We start, though, with a story about a special class of Ukrainian refugees. The U.N. says more than four million people have left Ukraine because of the war, but not all of them could just pack up and go on their own. There are many people with disabilities who need help. And that is where Joni and Friends, based in Agora Hills, has stepped in. It has a team that has helped people with disabilities escape eastern Ukraine to Poland. John Nugent is president and chief operating officer, and he's now back from Poland. So tell us, uh, what were you up to in Poland? Yeah, thank you. First, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, I just got back from Poland Sunday evening. And what we've been doing there is we have a team on the ground inside of Ukraine. And it's headed up by uh, a wonderful woman named Galina. And uh, what Galina has been able to do is arrange for seven evacuations to date. Over 300 families living with disabilities have been evacuated. That's about 125 families, 300 people in, in total. And what we do is we get them across the border, and then we provide shelter and food at, uh, at a local hotel about an hour and a half away from the border. And then from there, we arrange for transportation and housing uh, in Germany and also in the Netherlands. Okay. These people, how are they being taken care of now? And, and I guess now and in the future. Right. Well, the situation, first of all, the situation in Ukraine is quite dire. People living with disabilities are typically the uh, most forgotten um, and they're the most vulnerable. And uh, due to accessibility issues, due to health issues, um, you know, and of course, due to the war, caretakers have left them. Uh, they've been, many have been abandoned. And so uh, we are able to, um, people actually call Johnny and friends and let us know uh, families that they know of, loved ones that they know of, suffering with disabilities that have been trapped in Ukraine. And we funnel that information to Galita, uh, who's able to go ahead and arrange for their, for their evacuation. Uh, when they come across the border, uh, I was there just a few just a few days ago. When they come across the border, they you just see it on their face. They're they're entering an unknown world with an unknown future, and um, but we are able to go ahead and um, you know provide them love, provide them care, and give them hope for a for a brighter future. How did your organization get involved in this to begin with? What kind of of background did you have? Well, we are a disability ministry. This is what we do. This ministry has been around for over 40 years, and this is what we do. And we have, we have groups of people and partners all around the world caring for people living with disabilities, uh, lifting them off the ground and giving them a wheelchair, having a physical therapist there and a mechanic there to make sure that wheelchair fits perfectly. But did you, uh, ever, did you have a, ever have a situation where you were involved in a war zone? <laughs> no. No, no, this, is, this would be our first. This would be our first. And uh, through the grace of God, uh, we've been able to piece it together to provide 
um, hope and provide support for people living with disabilities in Ukraine and get them out of Ukraine in these war-torn areas. Talk to us a bit about the, the relationship you, you formed with these people who you helped and, and how they responded to you. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, I call Galena like the, the angel of Ukraine. Um, she's an amazing woman, and she just loves these loves these people, and we're able to get them across the border. And, um, oh, excuse me. No, go ahead. You're still there? There we go. There we go. And um, we, we, you know, the relationships, we have people um, that are both in the Netherlands and both in Germany. The families want to stay together. So we do our best to make sure they all different families from various villages. They want to stay together. And so as a group, they'll go to the Netherlands. We'll have people in the Netherlands. As a group, they'll go to Germany. And it's there that we get to understand their needs. We get to understand their fears, and we do our best to support their needs and assuage their fears. Since this is, as you said, the first time you've been involved as an organization in a, in a war zone uh, theater, so to speak, um, is there something that, that perhaps you encountered that you just could not and did not plan for and really surprised you in either a good or a bad way? Yeah, I would, I would think that... Um, I think that the disabled being forgotten, abandoned, um, there they are. You see those pictures of those high-rise buildings? Yeah. People living with disabilities on those, on those upper floors, they have no ability to get down into the underground shelters. Um, a mom told me that uh, she lived up on the ninth or 10th floor. When the sirens go off, my son is 18 years old, and I can't bring my son down to the underground shelters. I said, what do you do? I put him in the bathtub, and we just... And we hmm. huddle in the ba- we huddle in the bathroom. So hmm. I, I think it's this whole notion that the most vulnerable are typically the most forgotten, and that that weighs heavily on our hearts at, at Johnny and Friends. And we want to do all that we can to to bless them and to evacuate them. John, quickly it's a before bit of a safe situation. B- before we let you go, a quick answer. We, we all hope that this ends sooner than later. Uh, if it doesn't, though, do you do you plan more trips? Yes, we've had seven trips so far, and we will continue. Uh, we're basically averaging an evacuation a week. An evacuation could be anywhere from 40 to 60 uh, people. That would be about 20 to 30 families. All right. John Nugent, just back from Poland. John, thank you, and thank you for all the work you're doing. Now we have an update on one of the many people from Ukraine we've been speaking with over the past few weeks. Platon is from Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine, which has been under heavy Russian attack. Now, if you recall, his father and friend survived a bombing. Platon has since left the city. Now he has moved again to a small village in the western part of the country. Platon is with us now. First of all, give us an update on on how your father and friend and yourself are holding up. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm doing fine. I'm now in the western part of Ukraine as I planned to. It took me a while to get here. Actually, I spent like three days on the road because the traffic jams were enormous because all the people were really scared of those air attacks that started. And uh, I mean, there are not a lot of safe roads that were available uh, at that time. So basically, everyone was standing in this huge one traffic jam all on the country. Yep. Um, I'm like relatively safe right now. My dad is still in Kharkiv. Um, that's his choice. He stayed there to, you know, 
take care of everything that is happening with with our belongings, I guess, and our past life. Um, he's relatively okay. I mean, he's still like sleeping under under the bomb, and he hears all that every day. Uh, but he's alive, and I'm grateful to that. I understand you've been looking to help out in schools. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a lot of people, and a lot of pupils also are displaced inside the country right now. And uh, despite the COVID, I mean, the, the, the process of studying is still going on. And as I have some certain qualification, I proposed my help uh, to teach physics in a local school. Um, I do not make any progress in it right now. I will visit the school on Monday and have a discussion of like how it might work. And uh, hopefully I can be helpful in some way uh, to the community, which is so willingly accepting me right now. Do you feel confident that you're safe in the part of Ukraine that you are now in, uh, considering that the Russians have, as you know, I'm sure that, you know, they've bombed, uh, you know, the outskirts of uh, Lviv, which is almost uh, on top of the Polish border? Okay, let me be clear on this. No, there is no safe place in Ukraine right now. There is no place that can be 100 percent safe. And that is for sure, and that is happening all around the country. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, when United States president visited Poland, there were bombings like 20 kilometers away from the border with Poland. So, no, there is no safe place here at all. And, uh, I mean, the most, the most scary thing to me right now is not that all this happening, but the fact that I'm getting to it, like I'm getting used to the situation and that is the most terrible thing. Like it becomes my my everyday life and that is what is scary. It's scary. It's scary because, because it's sort of becoming your normal, normal existence. Is that it? Yeah, like it is a new normal and I do not want this to be my new normal and I do not want the whole other world to feel like it is a new normal. It is not. And uh, again, every other day, whatever people are saying, like, it becomes calmer, it becomes safer. No, it is not. Like, the, the thing is happening right now, and the bombs are still falling. And every other day is not better than the previous one. It is the same terrible thing. From a psychological standpoint, you bring up a really good point, and I'm sure that, you know, this is something that you never could have ever perceived in your wildest dreams or nightmares growing up as a child. In speaking with other with other people, friends, people you, you've met as you've been forced to move, psychologically, talk to us a little bit about how it's weighing, what you're hearing from other people as well, how it's weighing on them. Um, it, it, it is really difficult to say because I believe, like, my, my my close ones like I I live with three other people here in the apartment where I'm in, and um, I mean we do not really talk about this, like we do not have this you know reflection kind of thing where we sit under the cup of tea and you know discuss what is happening, what is the progress of Ukrainian forces or I don't know there is no such kind of reflection we're just you know, going into some escapism. 
I don't know, like doing some other things, not to not to talk about this, not to think about this, because it is very, it is, it is very stressful. I finally like contacted my therapist, and I believe I will have like my first session after a huge pause, uh, hmm. like basically since the beginning of the war. I will have my first session. I believe there will be some questions to cover. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I believe yeah. you're right. Platon, stay safe. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You'll find this Odyssey original podcast and others at odyssey.com and on the Odyssey smartphone app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.